Don't be starting what you can't finish, bitch. Can't you take a page from that bitch Hillary Clinton and just let it go? Welcome to the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Cigar Tipsters Episode 4. It is a incredibly hot July night here in Alabama. Mark and Mark sitting here with you and joining us from what I assume to be a slightly more tempered climate is Kirk. How's it going everybody? Beautiful up here in Minnesota. We're looking at 76 degrees and a little bit humid, but I've got nothing to complain about. And and for some reason it's still daylight there and it's like pitch dark here. (laughs) Everything's better in Minnesota, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, talk to me in December. Yeah, really. (laughs) Touche. So, the big question is, what's everybody smoking tonight? And I'll get started on that. I have the CAO LX2 in a Lancero size. Now, I've had this cigar in larger sizes, but never in the Lancero, so I wanted to try that today. This cigar's got a Nicaraguan sun-grown wrapper, a Honduran binder, and both Dominican and Nicaraguan Lajero for the filler. That's why they call it a double Lajero. Uh, senior, what you got over there? I've got the uh, Don Gonzalez Triple Lajero 2506 series. N- larger than I would normally like. It's a 6x60, but it's a box press, so it's it's not too bad. Uh, it's offered in Habano and Maduro wrappers, which I've got the Maduro. And then uh, it's Lajero from three different regions, uh, Esteli, Jalapa, and Honduras. How about you, Kirk? What's going on over there? All right, tonight I'm smoking the Terranio Vault. That was uh, released in the 2011 trade show, so it's a few years old. It is sporting the Nicaraguan shade-grown Colorado wrapper, and it's got a Nicaraguan binder and filler. Before we get too far into these cigars, I just want to throw out a quick word about the FDA and Cigar Rights of America and their continued fight against the FDA. You've got less than 30 days left for public comment on the new regulations, so be sure you're getting out there. Excuse me, be sure you're doing your part by filling out the forms so that they should stay out of premium hand-rolled cigars. Like I said, we've got less than 30 days to get those comments in, so make sure you're getting in on that. Check out CigarRides.org, and you'll notice a big Take Action button up at the top of the screen, and that'll get you where you need to go. And speaking of cigar regulations, before we came on the air, Kirk was telling us about uh, his first cigar lounge adventure in Minnesota today and the prices that came along with that. So I'll let Kirk give you a little story on that one. Yep. He, uh, first and foremost, this is not a knock against the cigar shop I visited. They were... I think doing what cigar shops unfortunately have to do in Minnesota to survive. So it was a beautiful 130-year-old building located in Anoka, Minnesota. The name of the shop was Little Havana Smokes, and it was beautiful, gorgeous shop. But unfortunately, a cigar that would have normally retailed for about six to seven dollars after tax was selling for fourteen dollars in the shop. Now, not all of that is the Minnesota tax. What the Minnesota taxes are for cigars are 95% or $3.50 per cigar, whichever is less. Okay, so that's really a $3.50 cap on taxes. But even still, with a tax that high, what's happening is that cigar smokers in Minnesota would rather take their business online 
And because of that, these businesses are not being supported and they have to raise prices to survive. So it's an unfortunate thing and it's kind of a downward spiral if you ask me, because personally, I did not like paying almost twice what a cigar was normally selling for. Now I'm gonna go do it again because it was a great shop with a great atmosphere. And that's what the cigar shop is all about. But even still, it's just, uh, it's a shame to see that. And it's a, uh, you know, it's potentially writing on the wall for the rest of the country here if we don't get our uh, our ducks in a row. Absolutely, it's, it's even more reason to get on cigarrights.org and fill out those papers and put your word out. Let the FDA know to stay out of cigars. And speaking of cigar events, we stopped, myself and Senior here stopped at a cigar event today featuring Drew Estate. Got a couple of nice hats and a lot of good cigars. Uh, nice atmosphere there. Uh, Jeff from Drew Estate's always a always a character to be around with his little dice game that he seems to lose at all the time. <laughs> but the fact that he loses most of the time is good for the consumer because you win stuff. Now, is he sporting any of the um, Kentucky Fire Cured? Well, he did have two uh, two bundles of them sitting there. They were uh, if you bought a certain amount of cigars, you could get some free cigars, and they were one of the choices for freebies. But no one seemed to be uh, partaking. <laughs> not, not, not totally surprised by that. It's a unique. No, I, I offered to buy Mark one, but he wouldn't even take it as a freebie. I'm not knocking Drew Estates because they they do have some really good cigars, but that is not one of them. It's a little bit Kentucky Fire Cure over overkill. But nonetheless, good event. Jeff is always a good time. If, and if you hear of a Drew Estate event at one of your local cigar shops, go out, show them some support. I guarantee you, you'll walk away with a bunch of cigars and probably some swag before it's over with. So definitely oh, yeah. a good reason to do that. One thing you may have noticed when we were talking about the cigars that we're smoking, myself and Senior, we both have Lajero tobacco in our cigars. Mine's a double Lajero, his is a triple Lajero. If you don't know, Lajero is one of the stronger forms of tobacco. I believe it is the top stalks that are grown on the tobacco plant. Kirk might have some better insights on this than I would. Yeah, sure. Um, and actually, I should mention real quick, um, the Tarano Vault does have one of the tobacco leaves is a uh, Lajero. It's the binder, is a, a Nicaraguan Lajero. But uh, yeah, to expand on what uh, Mark was just explaining, Lajero is the top priming of a tobacco plant. And what that means is uh, when, they're, when they're harvesting the tobacco leaves, they start with the bottommost leaves. They, they prime them, then they wait a few days, then they move to the middle section, then they wait a few days, then they move to the upper middle section, and they wait a few days, and then finally grab that top 30% or so of the leaves. What that does is when they're removing leaves from the bottom, that plant is still getting as much nutrients as ever from the soil, but the nutrients is much more concentrated in the remaining leaves. Not only that, because the Lajero leaves are towards the top of the plant, they get a lot of direct sunlight, and that means they're going to be a uh, thicker, oilier leaf. And they're typically uh, used on full-body cigars. They're typically potent and spicy. Um, and the one downside about Lajero, in terms of making a cigar, not for smoking them, but making a cigar, is the leaf because it's so thick and oily, it doesn't burn very well. And so a lot of manufacturers are restricted in what they can do with Lajero leaves. Uh, the, the cane Lajero, for instance, is 75% Lajero. That was, I believe, one of the first cigars that was able to use that much Lajero and still have a razor tight, you know, a razor straight edge when it was burning. Uh, it's funny you should say something about burning because I just had to relight my LX2. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, not unusual. The, the Lajero tobacco just burns slower. 
Um, and so what they typically do to try to combat that is they put the lajero leaf in the center of the filler leaves, uh, and that way, you know, it can kind of ignite from all sides and stuff and not really uh, prohibit the the straight burn of a cigar. I will say as I get into the first bit of this LX2, it is definitely spicy. Uh, flavor notes would be along the a very spicy cedar, maybe just a hint of nuttiness, and a, a pepper that I would put in the probably red pepper family, but it's it's a very strong cigar, very good cigar, definitely full body, and I'll be interested to see how it uh, continues as we move along here. Yeah, that was one of the things I was kind of cautious about the, the triple Lajero, because the Kane F, I was not a big fan, but uh, I had an opportunity at a Gonzales uh, event and the gentleman convinced me to try this one. I'll talk to that a little bit more as we go on. But uh, made sure I had something uh, substantial to eat earlier uh, before jumping on this one. But I'm enjoying it so far. I'd say my, my only thoughts so far on the uh, the Tarano Volt is kind of what Mark said. Uh, Mark, Mark Jr. mentioned was spice. Uh, my first few puffs were, I, I was actually scared to retrohale. I thought I might um, have a sneezing fit. Um, do it, but you know, off to a very good start. The burn is clean. Smoke is nice and billowy and white, and it's uh, it's, it's strong so far. Absolutely. And to go back to the Don Gonzalez topic for just a minute, we actually ran across a Don Gonzalez event at the Cigar Room in Madison, Alabama. This is probably a month ago. Turns out we met the owner of Don Gonzalez Cigars, and we just didn't know it at the time. But in some further email communications, the senior found out that we did indeed meet him. But I'll let him talk about what he got out of that. Yeah, we uh, we happened into the event just by accident uh, and found out later that it was Pedro Gonzalez, uh, who is the owner, and then he had a gentleman with him that was rolling hand-rolled cigars there. It, it was amazing to watch the artist artistry, I guess is the, the term I'm looking for, uh, that this guy had. He was actually rolling cigars and curving them at the end to resemble a pipe and taking, it looked like it had kind of a Connecticut shade wrapper and then he was taking strips of a Maduro wrapper to you know break up the lines and make it actually look like a pipe. But uh, they had some hand rolled ones there, just normal hand rolled cigars and uh, they had the deal, I think it was buy three get one or buy four get one, whatever it was. And uh, Mark and I both agreed that uh, we would have loved to have just bought uh, a box of the, the hand rolls because they were, they were outstanding. Well, and I'll also say I've smoked several of the Don Gonzalez cigars that I got on that particular day, and all of them have been quite good. I've still got maybe one or two of them left, but I can't recall having any major complaints about any of them. I uh, contacted uh, the website, and then uh, Pedro himself actually responded to me and offered some more information kind of on the company itself. And in doing a little more research, the Gonzales uh, family had actually been in the tobacco industry since the 1930s. And then, uh, as Castro did, took over everything and basically kicked everybody out. And about 10 years ago, Pedro Gonzales started uh, the Don Gonzales uh, company that it is today. He was, uh, I, I was surprised at how forthcoming he was to share information with us and uh, the for instance the uh, triple Lajero is uh, 
it's three different regions of Nicaragua that it's coming from. It's Esteli, Jalapa, and Honduras. And uh, anybody that actually, as Mark had mentioned, we were at uh, an event in Madison, Alabama. They'll be back in that area early October. I think it was the 4th and 5th of October. So uh, anybody that happens to be around that area, uh, well worth stopping in and meeting them. The Gonzalez cigars, Don Gonzalez, they're a lot of shops in Florida carrying them, starting to be more in the southeast now. Uh, there's uh, several actually, I think, up in Pennsylvania that are starting to carry them. So if you happen into your local brick and mortar and see one on the shelf, uh, highly recommend it. Kurt, well, you ran into anything interesting or new up there? Uh, to be honest, no. I mean, the, the one thing I saw at that uh, cigar shop I visited, uh, lo lots of absurdly large cigars. I don't think I saw anything uh, smaller than a 6x60, which, yeah, I just I can't get behind that. They had plenty of 9-inch cigars to choose from. <laughs> and uh, they actually had, you guys will get a kick of this, they actually had, you know, like uh, Man vs. Food? Right. Uh, the eating challenges, they had a cigar smoking challenge. If you could smoke a 9-inch by 70 ring gauge cigar in less than an hour, you could have it for free. And uh, I was thinking in my head, I was like, uh, it's kind of, it's just corny, it's a gimmick. I'm sure it would be funny as hell to watch someone try to do that because they would be greener than grass, I'm sure. So my question is, did you succeed? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even try. Come on. I'm too <laughs> I'm way too classy for that. But it sounds like you guys had a great time at that Don uh, Gonzalez event. Was he rolling anything else fancy other than the pipe-shaped cigars? Uh, he had some that were shaped uh, kind of like a baseball bat and actually like it had the, the wrapping or webbing around the bottom of the bat like an old wood bat would have. And uh, had one down there that was kind of in the, uh, I don't know, 150 ring gauge category. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm assuming that one was just to say, here, look what I can do. <laughs> yeah, maybe not for smoking, more for uh, throwing off. Uh, not unless there's a porn star somewhere that smokes cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, Lord. There's a visual I didn't need. Anywho, uh, lighter topic. Uh, Nat Sherman is getting ready to release a new cigar. It's going to be named for their CEO, Joel Sherman. It's going to be called the Joel Sherman 75th Celebration Limited Edition Cigar. With a little bit of a mouthful. Uh, that's going to be a little bit of an odd size. It's going to be a 7.5 by 46, which is not quite a Churchill, not quite a Lancero, so it's going to fall somewhere in between those. But they're going to make 2,500 boxes. Each box will contain 10 cigars, but the retail price per stick is going to be right around $19. That's the biggest issue I have with this. Uh, Dominican binder and filler, Connecticut seed, wrapper grown in Ecuador. Now, now that is a limited offer, what, you said 2,500 boxes, I believe? Yeah, 2,500 boxes, 10 per box. But I would say, wasn't it the uh, Hoya de Nicaragua Cuatro Cinco, also limited release, but that retail price was not nearly so high, if I remember. No, those yeah. go for around $13 a stick, depending on where you can find them. Uh, in Minnesota, probably $35 a stick. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> so. That's that's awful pricey for a 46 ring gauge cigar. I'm interested in the size. I, I like the components. I'm just not sure I'd pay $19 to try it. 
I'm a lot of things. A cheap bastard is one of them. To me, when you hit that $10 mark, that's when it's got to be a damn good cigar. Because there's there's a switch in my head that once you hit $10, it makes me cheaper than I would normally be. Yeah, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that, Mark. It's a, Maybe it's a mental thing, but um, I think everybody kind of shops that way, especially with cigars. It's something you light on fire. It's something that only lasts an hour. Most people don't want to be putting in... 12, 15, 20, 25 dollars or something like that. Not to say that it's not worth it when you do, but it's definitely not something you can do all the time, or at least most of us can't. I mean, there's exceptions to the rule, but honestly, not very many exceptions to the rule. Yeah, I remember uh, not knocking on the cigar at all. Rocky Battelle's 50th anniversary and celebration of his 50th birthday. Fantastic smoke. It really was good. But 20, I think it was 20, 23, 25 dollars, depending on the size. Not quite that good. Yeah, yeah, you're dead on. I had one, like you said, it was a great cigar, but just not worth what they wanted for it. But the presentation was fantastic. That box with the orange velvet, like high lacquer, really nice presentation. Didn't make the cigar taste any better. Actually, I have a cigar band mosaic on my travel humidor on the front of it, and the centerpiece is actually the wrapper from that cigar because it was just that nice of a wrapper. It, it was. It was. Any thoughts on your cigar over there? It's it's hovering in that spicy range. It's a very tip of the tongue, kind of a black pepper maybe. When that calms down a little bit, there's not much finish. If I had to get fancy pants, I would say maybe a slight sweetness resembling molasses or black licorice. I can't quite pick it out. It's a really earthy, mild sweetness, but definitely spice is the dominating flavor. Come on now, you know you always have on your fancy pants. <laughs> tonight, tonight the pattern is leopard. Well, actually, you know what? I can't see you right now, so you could be not wearing pants. I'm not really sure. That's well, why I turned the video off. Was <laughs> I was going to say, he and, he and the wife were off camera earlier. I don't know what was going yeah, on. But yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it is Minnesota. The Viking people, you never know what the hell is going on up there. I tell you, uh, speaking of uh, new cigars, my father is getting to ready to release their very first Connecticut cigar, uh, aptly named the My Father Connecticut. It's going to have a Connecticut seed wrapper grown in Ecuador, Corojo 99 binder from Nicaragua, and a Nicaraguan filler with a blend of Habano and Criollo leaf mixed in there. I have to say I love pretty much everything my father has done in the past. I'm not the biggest Connecticut wrapped cigar fan in the whole world, so it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with in terms of spice level and flavor and body. I believe that wrapper is the same one or very similar to the one used on the Camacho, excuse me, the Camacho Connecticut, which is kind of known for a fuller-bodied Connecticut cigar. It's still that light to medium strength, but it has the body of a... And you're absolutely right, Mark. You touched on my father being a dependable, consistent company. You're dead. You're dead on. I mean, they had the number one cigar of the year in 2012. The Florida Last NTS continues to be almost. You know, I would imagine half the cigar smokers out there. That's their go-to cigar, or they have one in their humidor. Absolutely. And we uh, the Florida Las Antillas. We uh, actually aged two of those for over a year. Uh, actually, smoked them the night before Father's Day with a, a year's worth of age on them, and they were absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah, they were outstanding. And setting up here at the marina, man, it, it couldn't get much better than that. 
Yeah, you guys got a hard life sitting on those boats, <laughs> water, smoking cigars. Yeah. Well, by God, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, didn't they have uh, the for 2013? Weren't they like number 19 on the list with a Lancero? Yep, that was the Le Bijou 1922, is what it's called. Well, I'm glad you said that rather than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe, and, and uh, you know, one of the listeners can uh, tweet or email or text and tell me how wrong I am, but I believe Le Bijou is French for jewels um, or jewelry, or maybe it's gifts, something it, like that. It is definitely an outstanding cigar. I've smoked uh, a few of those. And speaking of outstanding, this is uh, Don Gonzalez. I'm I'm really impressed with the uh, the Triple Lajero. Uh, I told Mark before the podcast I was kind of scared of it, but uh, when we went to the event and I picked it up, he convinced me that it was you know full flavor or full strength, but it was also full flavor, and I kind of have to agree with that. It's got a real uh, rich, earthy aroma. Some of the spice that you guys are talking about, picking up some of the cedar, getting just some subtle hints of maybe coffee and even a little sweetness, kind of like a cocoa. Wow, sounds fantastic. Is, huh? is the, is the Lajero coming through at all in terms of strength? Not, it's not take your head off uh, strength like uh, the Lajeros that I've smoked previously. That was kind of my drawback to the cigar originally when, when we were at the event and he was talking about it. Uh, because of my kind of experiences with Lajero in the past, it just really wasn't, wasn't my favorite kind of smoke, I guess. But this one's not, uh, you've got the strength, but I guess you've got the flavor in there with it, so it's not overpowering. That's always important, I think, is is avoiding that one-dimensional thing. You know, instead of just making a cigar strong for the sake of making it strong, make it strong and flavorful. Absolutely. All right, well, let's flip gears a little bit. Instead of talking just cigars, I want to talk about cigar accessories, which is no doubt big business in the cigar world. You've got the likes of Zycar and Lotus and Calibri. I probably said that wrong, but I'm sorry. Nope, you got it right. Oh, good. Well, scratch that. I'll edit it out. I sound smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bugatti is a big one if you got the extra money. Davidoff has a line of lighters and cutters and humidors. But what I want to talk about, what is... For you on a daily basis, now I have all sorts of cutters and lighters, but what is your go-to cutter and lighter setup? Well, for me, uh, up here in Minnesota, I prefer, I, I'm a Zycar guy. I, I fell in love with my Zycar cutter, guillotine cutter, the first time I used it. And I, I'm convinced it will be the last cutter I ever use. Uh, they, it's such a sharp blade. Every time, it's just a great cut. If, it does, if the cut doesn't go well, I know it's not the cutter. I know it was something I did or potentially a dry cigar. That's just how good it is. And my lighter is also a Zycar lighter. It's a double torch. I believe it's called the Executive Series. Uh, two torch, no punches or anything like that, but it has a large flame adjustment on the bottom. It's got a fuel window. And again, it's, it's as consistent as you could ever hope for. I've, I've brought this to cigar parties with me and let 10 people borrow it for the night. It has enough fuel for everybody, and it does the job every time. I'm right there with you, Kirk. Anybody that... Uh you know, knows anything about me as far as cigars, knows I'm a Zycar whore. I'm, I admit it. <laughs> but I'm a huge fan. I like the uh, Trezo. 
kind of like the one of mine you broke that time, but you know. Hey, anyway. hey, you gave it to you gave it to me broken. I remember that. <laughs> but as Zycar does, they sent me a brand new one. So I've got uh, a couple of the Trezos that I use almost exclusively, and I'm with the uh, the XI series of cutters. I've got one, two, and three, and that's pretty much that's it. I, I'm totally on board with Zycar. Absolutely, I've got. Uh, See, I have actually four different Zycar cutters, three straight cutters, and a wedge cutter. Uh, I have a Tech Triple, which is a nice Zycar lighter, but my daily go-to lighter is actually made by Lotus. It is a bright orange lighter with a nice little start button on the side. It resembles, actually, a taillight from a classic car, if you look at it from the side. that was. And anyone who knows me knows I'm attracted to shiny objects, so... It's pretty hard to turn down. Has a nice little punch built in on the bottom. Actually, a really good punch. Uh, sometimes the punches that they put on lighters are not fantastic, but this is one case where it actually does quite well. What in the hell is that? Did you just get shot, Kurt? No, I'm okay. I, I, I think something. I think something got shot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, sorry, guys. The Minnesotans are just out of control up there. Aren't you? I mean, we're, we're just, uh, you know. We're basically the Wild West around here. <laughs> oh, and back to Mark's lighter. It also matches a pair of shoes he wears quite often. <laughs> yes, and I've taken such hell for that combination, but I stand by it, damn it. Now, speaking of colors, all right, not a big deal for most people, but that is my one ding against my favorite accessory company, Zycar, is they tend to avoid color in general. I mean, they're big on silver, on gunmetal, on black and white, but if you want red, blue, orange, yellow, green, anything like that, it's hard to find. They do have a new line coming out that does have a variety of colors, but it's not a very good line in my personal opinion. It's too small, too expensive, but uh, you know, if, if Zycar came out with, uh, with this lighter here in an orange or a red or something like that, that would be really neat. Uh, so, you know, if you see any Zycar reps in your travels, drop the bug in their ear and maybe we can get some change on that. Absolutely. I've, I've seen the new line that you're referring to. Actually, actually, Little Cigar was one. They're very small. They're very small and light. I'll give them that. But they may be colorful, but there is no design flair whatsoever. It's just a square block, basically. It's a single torch, and unfortunately, a single torch is going to have to be refilled after probably just about every cigar you smoke. little pricey for my taste, but, you know, it's Zycar, so I'm sure it'll sell pretty well. Yeah, I mean, and hats off to them for trying. I think that was their attempt at taking customer feedback. And they'll get, they'll come around. You know, Zycar does listen to what people say. I, I've seen that time and time again. And like Mark mentions, they stand behind their products, so you got nothing to fear. If you want to go buy a good lighter or a good cutter, you can't go wrong with Zycar. Absolutely, just to kiss their ass a little bit. Uh, my Tech Triple broke at one time, and I sent it off to them and had it back within uh, two weeks. Brand new lighter. They didn't even fix the other one. They just sent me a brand new lighter. But they stand behind their products. That's the same thing they did with the Trezo that we sent in. Yeah, the one that Kurt broke. Yeah, the one that broke. <laughs> Come on. My favorite <laughs> lighter that I'd had for years. You should have known better than trust me with it, all right? That's your fault. Yeah, yeah don't let Kirk refill your lighter. Mm -hmm. I'm not trustworthy, it, uh, okay? The, the lighters are not designed to leak after you fill them. 
Whatever. Oh, poor Kirk. Hey, real quick. Breaking the action here. What? <laughs> well, that was on cue. <laughs> so, I didn't get a chance to, to tell the history at all of this Volt cigar, and it's not overly complex, and I'm sure Tarano kind of makes it sound cooler than it really was. But the Volt got its name. So, Tarano has this book of recipes, basically, tobacco blends that they've passed on from father to son, etc. And they keep it in the vault. And uh, it was Charlie Tarano, who is the son of, I forget the old man's name. And uh, <laughs> this is a little unnerving. I, I mean, I'm sitting in a residential suburban area here. Yeah, at a plate glass window, too. <laughs> geez. It sounds like a shotgun, maybe. But um, so Char Charlie Tarano basically found this recipe. I don't hear any police sirens, so I think we're okay. But he basically found this old cigar recipe that was originally like created back just in 2000. Um, and, and remember, Charlie found this back in 2011 is when the blend was perfected. But he found this old blend that wasn't quite right. It didn't really you know, meet anything they were looking for. And instead of just giving up on it, he went on the lookout for the perfect tobacco to complete the blend. And earlier I spoke about the binder being a Lajero leaf, and that's what he ended up finding was from Nicaragua. It's, it's a region called Omatep, I believe I'm saying that right, or Omatepe. Uh, my Spanish is terrible. So it's a Omatep region of Nicaragua, which is the, a volcanic island, and the, the soil is just really fertile and rich, and it gave this binder leaf that perfect edge to what this cigar needed. And uh, he changed the blend rolled it out, and it's, it's been very successful for them. The uh, the Volt series, you might see a few different Volt series, but this is the Volt, it's the A008, which is the recipe name that they gave it. So just a little more history on, on the Toronto family and how they do their, their business. They're, they are cigar professionals, okay? If, they, if there's a blend that they're not fond of, if there's a blend that's not ready for the public, they don't just throw it out there. They're going to sit on it until they find that missing component, and then once they perfect it, they'll, they'll give it to us to enjoy. You know, it's interesting, the, the amount of time and work and effort and thought that goes into blending a cigar. Uh, I've read many a story of cigar makers who spend years trying to get the right blend, the right amount of aging, just all this stuff that they go through just to get, this, get it just right for the customer. I mean, it, it's a real labor of love. It absolutely is, and you know I think the casual smoker and even the experienced smoker may not have a full grasp on just how many types of tobacco are available. You know, we talk about Jalapa, we talk about Esteli, or uh, you know Candela, whatever. Different types of tobaccos, different regions, different countries, and different years. You know, Esteli tobacco from 2010 may be different from Esteli tobacco 2011. Or to make it more complicated, one farm that's 10 acres away from the other farm, both in Esteli, might provide a different tasting tobacco. And so these cigar rollers and makers, they're really, it's really remarkable what they do. You know, they go through and they try out different combinations time and time and time again. They try them fresh off the stock. They let them age for a year. Then they try them. They let them age for six years, and then they try them. And they're really looking for that perfect combination. So, you know, th this little thing that we're holding in our hands and enjoying, there's a lot of work that went into it, and 
probably something that most people couldn't do. I'm known for not being a terribly patient person, so I don't think I would be the best cigar blender in the world. No, that having to age him, that, that I just don't like. I want to smoke. Yeah, he. <laughs> a funny story with Senior here. He uh, he likes to age cigars, but the method by which he ages cigars is he gives them to me, and I keep them because if he takes them anywhere, he will smoke them. Which now I will have to say with my Quattro Cinco stash, uh, that process is not working very well. Somebody else is smoking them. Hey, I've had two. I've got two. There's like 14 of them left. That's the, that's the holder fee. I guess so. <laughs> that, you're not helping here, Kurt. <laughs> Sorry. Any uh, any updates on the cigars, gentlemen? Spice is the dominant thing above all else. Uh, very peppery. Like I said, it's I put it in the red pepper family. Uh, it's a smooth smoke. Burn has been incredibly even. I have had to relight it a couple of times, but other than that, I, I can't say anything too bad about it. It's strong without being overwhelming. Yeah, and I'd have to kind of tie in with what Mark's talking about uh, with his. Mine's going the same way, really good burn. I've had to touch it up just a little, but, you know, we talked about that with the Lajero tobaccos earlier. But it's just uh, a really enjoyable smoke. The flavors are staying consistent. I, I'm impressed. Is that a, a box press you got there, or is that it's, just a hand-rolled? It's a box shape? press, but it's the, and Kirk, you might can explain this a little better, but it's the box press, but the edges are rounded. They're not uh, the real sharp box press. It's, so it actually makes a 6x60 a six manageable. The box pressing, there, there are just so many different ways of doing it. Uh, San Latano has the oval which is technically a box press. It's just a slightly different form. But basically what they do with the box press is they they have wooden forms with that are square, you know, squared edges. And they put the cigars into the forms when they're still, like, freshly rolled and, and wet. And then they close the box, which kind of pushes that cigar down into that form, and it gives it that edge. So if it's a slightly rounded edge, that might mean that the form they used was a rounded edge, or maybe it just hasn't, you know, sat in the box press as long as it needed to to get the really square edges, or maybe they didn't push down on it as hard as they needed to to get a really square edge. Yeah, it's a testament to how many intricacies there are in terms of rolling or box pressing cigars. It, it is insane. Uh, one of my favorite things, noteworthy perhaps, for the box press is it's a great way to smoke a cigar if you're out doing something because a box press, you can set it down on a counter, you can set it down on the, the edge of your boat, and it's not going to roll away because it's flat on one side. And that's actually helpful. I will say, if, there, if there's one complaint I might be getting from this LX2, is it, it is giving me just a hair of the nicotine buzz, but that is somewhat expected from a Lerjero stick, just because that tobacco tends to be higher content of nicotine. So it's definitely something you want to smoke a little bit slower than your average cigar. Now something new for me coming in on the Tirano Volt, there's a, earlier I mentioned that there wasn't much of a finish, now it's actually a really heavy black coffee kind of bitter taste for the finish. Uh, not so strong that I don't enjoy it, it's just a new, uh, new aspect to the cigar. I will say the LX2 does have a stiff retrohale, it's very peppery. It's almost too much of a retrohale for me because it makes me want to sneeze. <laughs> Yeah, now that's, I, I found that with any of the Lajeros, that they, uh, you definitely experience a lot of the strength through a retrohale. And 
if you're wanting to exercise that palate a little bit, as we've said pretty much every show, be sure to check out the Sunday Cigar Herf on Twitter. Those kick off at 3 o'clock Eastern on Sundays. I believe the cigar for this particular Sunday is the Liga Pravada number 9. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, all you got to do to get in on that is pick up the particular cigar they're smoking on that day and throw in the hashtag Sunday Cigar Herf, and you're in with them. And you can see if you're catching the flavors that other people are catching and just compare the cigar and have a little fun in the process. If you want more information on that, uh, robustocigarbabe.blogspot.com. You can find all of the upcoming Herf cigars. When we reach 600 followers on Twitter, we're going to do some giveaways. We're going to give away five cigars and a Calibri cutter that is labeled with the Black Crown branding. <clears throat> so be sure to get in on that. All you got to do is follow us on Twitter at Cigar Tipster, and you'll automatically be entered when we hit 600. We will randomly draw one lucky winner. Uh, Kirk, earlier in the day, Actually, right before we came on the air, you sent me a link to a new app from Cigar Aficionado. I believe it's called Where to Smoke. And I haven't used it myself, but I know someone who has. But basically, it is an app to help you locate cigar shops and places that are smoke-friendly. Kirk, what's your thoughts on that? Dude, it is. I don't have it on my phone yet. Uh, I just learned about it today. But I'm absolutely getting it. And the reason why is who does not always look for that new place, that cool place, that fun place to smoke and enjoy a cigar. What a cool idea that Cigar Aficionado has here. Where's my, or where to smoke? Basically what you can do is you can say, hey, this is my location right now, and it's going to drop pins in a map for you and tell you, hey, this is a restaurant you can smoke at, this is a park you can smoke at, this is a rooftop or a cigar shop, whatever the case may be. I mean, how awesome is that? You could go to a town you've never been to before. You can even search ahead and say, hey, in a month I'm going to Atlanta. Where should I smoke? And it's going to tell you these great places. And it's all based on people like us enjoying cigars and sharing their experience. Uh, How cool. I mean, especially if you travel, if you drive a lot, or if you just like seeing a new place every now and then. Well, I I think it's a, a fantastic idea. I personally travel all over the southeast with my job, and... It's not always easy to locate a place to smoke or a cigar shop if you happen to run out of cigars, whatever the case may be. So it's going to be an invaluable tool for anybody, but especially for the road warriors out there who want to go find a nice place to smoke and just hang out and shoot the shit with some people. Yeah, long overdue. There might be different versions out there from different people, but this is a cigar aficionado app. I mean, talk about going to the source for cigar expertise. Uh, They have a huge following. I believe it's still the beta version, so if you go to download the app and it says where to smoke beta, don't worry about that. That means they're still just getting the bugs out, but they're, they're actually taking feedback from all the people who are using the app. You can send them emails uh, with new locations on where to try. So there's a, there's a few parks near here right on the Mississippi River, and uh, I plan on going to those parks and seeing if they're cigar friendly and doing my part and try to add them to the app because... Uh, I mean, if, if I had a marina to smoke it like you guys, I wouldn't worry about it as much. But I mean, around here, it's not that easy to find a good place to smoke. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a great app, and kudos to Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You cannot edit that out. You cannot. I, I cannot 
If I hadn't said that on Twitter the other day, I probably wouldn't have done it again, but I did. Kudos to Cigar Aficionado for putting in the work and bringing Cigar Smokers this great tool that will no doubt be of help to them. We should make our own magazine called Cigar Aficionado. (laughs) At least I'm consistent with my fuck-ups. True. Although I haven't said Dominican tonight. (laughs) Dominican. Domus Magnus, yeah. (laughs) Or Dominican Republican. Hey, what? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, to uh, start wrapping this thing up here. Uh, it's sticking in that spicy range, bitter finish, enjoyable all around. I haven't had to touch it up at all. I've got a nice straight burn. The strength is coming through a little bit. I think maybe that's what caused me to hiccup a few times. I'd, I'd give it maybe just a, a 7 out of 10. It, it's something I'm enjoying. But it's probably not the cigar for me. I've had I've had strong cigars that I liked a little bit more. The uh, CAO LX2, I'm I'm almost done with it actually. It's still quite strong. It's a very spicy cigar. If you're a beginning smoker, I would not recommend trying this right off the bat. Work your way up to it. But it's definitely a good smoke when you when you get a palate for some of the stronger flavors. Definitely give it a try. Uh, the Don Gonzalez, uh, it's a very solid smoke. Uh, enjoyable, straightforward flavors. They've stayed pretty consistent, but I won't say it was just one-dimensional because there's a lot of flavors going on there. Would tend to agree with what Mark stated. Not a beginner smoke. Because uh, you really want to ease into one of these. And I, I made sure that I'd had a, a meal before uh, I decided to jump on this one. But Something that... Uh, I'll definitely smoke again. I'm saying uh, probably about an eight with it. Okay, I will say that um, you know when you hear us give our opinions of these cigars, it should never be something that discourages you from trying them yourself. Because what is a seven out of ten for me may be your perfect cigar. All of our palates are a little bit different. We all enjoy things a little bit different. Mark mentioned earlier that he's not big on Connecticut shade wrappers, but that doesn't mean that. That's not your favorite cigar. So please don't take our recommendations as a reason to not try something. Hey, wait a minute. My recommendations are solid gold. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, with the exception of Junior, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't take my recommendations. No, no, but in all seriousness, Kurt's right. All of our palettes are different, and you just got to find the flavor that's right for you. Uh, just to throw a few final things out there. It's uh, at Cigar Tipster on Twitter. Follow us again. When we hit 600, we give some stuff away. Uh, everybody likes free stuff, so be sure to get in on that. I like free stuff if anybody wants to give me some. want to thank Kirk for joining us all the way from Minnesota and putting up with us and for not kicking me out of his clan on Clash of Clans. <laughs> when we come to you again, we will actually be coming to you from Chattanooga, Tennessee at the Chattanooga Tweet Up and Cigar Festival that's going to run August 7th through the 9th this year. Uh, we're going to broadcast from Chattanooga. Hopefully Kirk will be able to join us from Minnesota and we can get his uh, Minnesota correspondence in there with us. And I want to thank you for joining us. As always, you can find us on Stitcher, on iTunes, and via the old-fashioned RSS feed. You can put us into whatever your favorite podcasting app may be. Thank you for joining us, and may the odds be ever in your favor.